invite you to take a Bible, if you will, and turn to the Gospel of Luke in in the New Testament, uh, Luke chapter 15. The past several weeks, we've looked at a variety of different parables that Jesus taught, and for just a few moments today, we're going to look at the third of three parables, which began with the lost sheep and the lost coin and now the lost son. It's page 874 in these Bibles in the pews. And I'll read the first two verses which uh, prompt the parables. These uh, set the setting for why Jesus tells these parables, and it's, it's a complaint. It's a complaint from the religious leaders, as you'll see. Hear God's word, beginning in verse 1 of Luke 15. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Now, if you'll drop down to verse 11. And he said, There was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs, and he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and before you I am no longer worthy to be called your son." Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his finger and shoes on his feet. And bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound, but he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed a fattened calf for him, and he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours." It is fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. So ends the reading of God's holy word. I have a friend named Mickey, and he uh, is a pastor friend of mine. Years ago, he was, he was called to the house of a, uh, someone he knew, and middle of the night, he went. The police were there. And the husband, the father, had been drinking too much and had gotten violent with the family and abusive verbally and physically and the police had been called they'd come to the house and finally the man began to sober up and calm down and Mickey sat there for a long time and finally when things had somewhat settled in the middle of the night he said do you mind if I read some scripture 
And the man said, no, that would be fine. And he opened the Bible, and he got no further than there was a man who had two sons when the man abruptly said, no, no, read anything, but don't read that. See, this man himself had come from a a godly family, and he had been like this, this younger brother. If you give children a piece of paper and crayon and ask them to draw this story, they'll, they'll typically do it in four scenes. They'll have the young man leaving home, then they'll have the far country, and then they will have the return to the father, and then they will have the older brother's reaction. Now, I have 25 minutes of material, and I've got nine minutes. So I'm not sure how many scenes we're going to get through. First, scene one is we have restlessness to leave home. We see in this young man restless alienation. He's living at home, but he's, he's hating every minute of it. And each of us are like this in our natural state toward God. That's why Isaiah said, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And so the son makes a demand of the father in verse 12. He says, Give me the share of the property that is coming to me. This was a shocking and immoral demand. The division of property typically like today was not done until the death of the father. And yet now he's saying, I want it now. Basically what he's saying to his father is, as far as I'm concerned, I wish you were dead. Give me what's coming to me when I die. In those days, the older son would have received two-thirds of the inheritance and the younger son one-third. So he, he receives his portion of the inheritance and he leaves. And now scene two, we see the young man in the far countries. Verse 13 says he took a journey into a far country. And from, no, from all indication, he had no intention of returning home. He desired to put as much distance between him and his father as possible. Proverbs says, he who separates himself seeks his own desire. He wanted to be anonymous, especially given the way he was going to live. I grew up in a small town less than 50,000 people. And uh, because of our, our neighborhood, all, all the parents knew each other. And in those days, to show you how much things have changed, if you saw somebody else's kid doing something that you thought their parents wouldn't like, you'd tell their parents. You'd call and say, I just thought you ought to know your, your son Chip, he's down here doing this. And the parent would be grateful and say, thank you. Thank you very much for letting me know. Well, There was no accountability in the far country, so he goes, and he spends all that he has. And to make matters worse, the country where he is suffers a famine. And so he finds a job working for a Gentile, working for a man, feeding pigs. Nothing could have been more disgusting for a Jew, since the pig was unclean by law. And many people think that sin is a joy, and and yet something that gives him freedom. And they come to realize that all of us, as the Bible says, are slaves to something, either to God or to ourselves. So he comes to realize he was a slave to his own desires, his own selfishness. And he had been deceived into believing, if I just have freedom and I have the money that's coming to me, everything will be fine. Satan is a master deceiver. C.S. Lewis has said that he wrote that Satan was never able to manufacture the first pleasure himself. All he can get people to do is to misuse and distort and pervert the pleasures God has given. And not only is sin deceitful, it's it's short-sighted. 
And so his search for freedom and independence that the young man pursued had only led to poverty and desperation and loneliness and worry, and he realizes where he is. And so we move to scene three. He decides to return to his father. You know where his repentance began? It began in his stomach. A felt need in verse 16. Many people turn to Christ in times of crisis, and there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. It's a fine time to come to faith in Christ. An illness, a bankruptcy, the death of a loved one, imprisonment, being at the end of your rope and nowhere to turn. If you are desperate, it is a good time to turn to God. And verse 17 said, he came to himself. It does not mention the atonement. It does not mention the Holy Spirit. The parable focuses on the human aspect of repentance. To come to your senses is to come to God. The world today views Christians as being uh, insane, that we've lost our minds, that we're irrational, and yet the Bible says it's just the opposite. To be apart from God is insanity. That's why when Paul wrote to Timothy, And he instructed him that he was to teach others in gentleness if perhaps God would grant them repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth, and that they would come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil. Well, he comes to his senses in verses 18 and 19. He prepares his speech, and he arose and goes to his father. His repentance was action. It always is. He was not just remorseful. He did not just feel guilty. He was not just despondent. He acted, and the high point of the story is the Father's welcome. In other religions and in other literature, there are various versions of the prodigal son. There's a modern version where the son arrives at the house and the father is sitting inside by a lamp. And the son knocks on the door. And the man gets up and he comes to the door. And he says, Father, I've returned. I'm your son. And the man just looks past him and says, I have no son. And he shuts the door, and the young man walks away. There's a lengthy Buddhist version that I was reading. And the son returns to the father. And the father, the father is grown older, and the son doesn't recognize him, but the father recognizes the son. And so he tells his servants under him, tell that young man he must work starting at the bottom and work his way up before I will accept him again. Such a contrast to the biblical version. The father saw him and ran to him from a long way off. This is a parable of welcome. Welcome home sinner. All the welcomes we have ever known are nothing in comparison to the welcome that God gives sinners. Jesus said, all that the Father gives me shall come to me, and he who comes to me I will in no wise cast out. He kisses him on the cheeks. He puts a robe on him. He puts a ring on his finger. He puts shoes on him, a sign of sonship rather than slavery. And he has a feast, an abundant blessing. This is the reception that God gives to those who turn to him. Scene four, the response of the older brother. He's furious. He's furious at his younger brother's reception, and he tells his father in no uncertain terms how mad he is. The, other bro- the older brother always saw himself as good and honorable and obedient. 
And he's confident of his standing with his father based on his good behavior, but underneath it all was resentment and rebellion. And only now in the presence of his repentant brother does his true condition and his true attitude come out. His trust has been on his own performance, not on the mercy and love and grace of the Father. I read the first two verses because Jesus is speaking this about the complaint that the Pharisees had leveled against him, that this man eats with sinners. And he's speaking to them, and so the challenge is obvious. How do you view other people? It was not just for the Pharisees, but us today. Is it with eager hope and anticipation that they will come to faith in Christ, that they will return to the Father? Do you long and pray for that? Do you know the acceptance of the Father in the far country? Do you want to come home? Do you see yourself in the far country wanting to be accepted by Him? Faith is transferring your belief from your own performance like the older brother to laying yourself before the Father in humility. And in, this is the rare place in the Bible we see God rejoicing. Even so, there's joy in the presence of God over one sinner who repents. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you that you are welcoming to those of us that are prodigals, that return to you, that come back and see and rest on your reception and your grace and your mercy and love. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.